Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, my name is Christopher Collins, and you are listening to the Local Lengua Podcast. Vicente Lopez is at a wedding right now, uh, not his own, his uh, his brother's. Uh, so we wish uh, we wish him, you know, the most fun uh, that he can have there uh, at at his uh, at his wedding. But uh, today. I am joined by someone that I've wanted to get on the podcast for uh, quite some time. Uh, I have the pleasure of calling him a friend, a family friend. All right. So even more than just a friend, perhaps the kindest person you would ever meet, Mr. Carlos Theo. Carlos, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. It's a long time coming. Uh, yes, yes, it has. We've we've talked about it before um, about getting you on the podcast because I feel like, and honestly, little rehearsed, right? But like one of the things that I wanted to tell you, and I don't know if you get this a lot, is that you have, I believe, what I consider to be one of the calmest and kindest demeanors of anyone I think I've ever met in my life. I don't think I've ever told you that in the history of me knowing you, uh, but truly, man, like you have a very like. NPR kind of vibe to you, man. Like very, uh, very like come as you are, and like I love it. So I think you'd be perfect to be on the uh, to be on the podcast. That, that's that's like one of the the best things I've ever heard. Only because like <laughs> I've always had this joke, this running joke with like my friends and, and people that like in another life I would be an NPR host, if not like radio personality, specifically NPR, not anything else. Just because I've always enjoyed like that energy that they have, which is yeah. literally calm natural and like <laughs> let's start your day with the worst news possible it's Ex- like gotcha <laughs> <laughs> exactly man exactly but like I, it's it's just i don't know what it is man it's the way you are so approachable and it's just it's the inflection that you use when you when you talk to people i mean uh you and i have run into each other more times in the past like three weeks that we have in the past like three years and whenever yeah. I see you, man, like it's just your voice gives me a hug, like, and it's just it's oh. the it's the greatest thing, man. It's a, like I'm gonna start you off with flattery before we bring up like childhood traumas and whatnot. This makes sense. This is a perfect Oreo situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So on that note of childhood trauma, right? Uh, no, just kidding. Let's yes. uh, <clears throat> at the local angle podcast. Right, our goal is to. Um, I mean, basically like tell stories, right. Of, of people who are doing, uh, really incredible things, really great things in the Valley. So like, let's start off early years. Where did you grow up? Uh, you don't have to dive into like unresolved high school traumas or anything like that, but, uh, growing up in the Valley, what was your perception of it? Like, give me just like a, a gist of what it was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I grew up in mission and up until about the second grade, I thought I was born in mission. I was okay. not. Ooh. I was born in McAllen, and this was devastating to me. For whatever, <laughs> okay. as a second grader, this I, I was just. I was. It was insane. I was like, "Wait, what? Since when?" They're like, "Well, since you were born." I was like, well, "Who? <laughs> who made that call?" I don't. So finding that out was just. It, after a while, I was fine. I got over it. But yeah, so Griffin Mission, um, you know, stayed in Mission. You know, elementary, middle, high, and. You know, my parents still live there. They've been in the same house they've been in since I can remember. Yeah. So that's great. Um, I think that, I think we all, if not everyone from the Valley, I think we go through waves of like, ah, the Valley sucks. 
yeah. hate it. And then it's like, you know what? You know what? The ballad's pretty cool. We got a look there. We, we got all these, you know, fire snacks. It's great. And then it's another like, ah, this is terrible again. It's hot. And it's like, okay. But then it's a weird, like, it's a weird struggle back and forth of like, you love it, you hate it. Some just hate and, and leave and never come back. Some some um, love and they hate and they leave. Find out they actually love it and then come back. And then some are almost in a sense, and, and for lack of better terms, just stuck here. And, th- and that is a weird, like, I, I think that maybe being Hispanic, because I think we have a large, like, grounded roots of, like, you're, I mean, my family's huge. Well, my mom's side of the family's huge. Yeah. And there's, I have, like, 12 aunts and uncles here and there and then my dad's side is like one uncle so like that's not a huge problem we can figure that one out so it's a weird like because all your families you feel bad for like wanting to leave yeah so i've never left as far as like the value i've i've been in austin for a good period of time i mean like i visited a good period of time i've been in san antonio i've had friends there and like i've never actually i went to school at the at the edinburgh campus utrgv mm-hmm. um only to find out later that Brownsville has a better campus. Oh my god, yes, hands down, like superior campus. I was like, wait, hands hold down. on, like, what? Do, what? So after finding that one out, I was like, okay, well, it wouldn't be a bad idea to move to like that area, I, which I never uh-huh. did. Um, and then, like, so again, going through like school here, it, it's a weird, especially at UTRGV. It, it's an interesting yeah. like dynamic where like everybody who's there who, who's not an athlete or an international mm-hmm. student is just there for school and they're out. So then you yeah. lose that weird college experience of that you know that everyone goes through, and then like visiting friends who were at UT or even UTSA or even out of there, like going there and staying with them for a little bit. It's a weird like, oh, this is what college is like as yeah. far as like somewhere else, and then it's like, oh okay, I can see how this is fun. And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? This kind of isn't only because it's like, you're, you're all there because of school, but there's nothing really like grounding you there. So then like you kind of come back and it's like, okay, now I understand this weird like hominess. And the, the other cool thing about the Valley is that like for as small as it is, it's, it's huge. Yes. Um, and I say small because it feels like it is small, but it's, it's truly not. No, not um, at all. And it's funny how that works because it's like, oh, like, yeah, there's nothing to do. It's like, hold on. There's actually plenty to do. Yeah. It's just that we're, I guess, just so used to, like, doing the same things and seeing the same things. We don't see it. And, and I think one of the biggest compliments that I've gotten from people who are not from the Valley is always, like, the diversity, the culture, like, the friendliness, which is, was one of those that threw me off. I was like, what do you mean friendly? Like, everybody who I've met here, they're always, like, in a mood. They're always upset. They don't say hi to you as you walk by, but then I realize, like, no, 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 that's not true. It's just yeah. that we're just so tunnel vision, we have blinders on, and we're just we're doing our regular day. It's almost like you know, people say when, when they're in New York, like you can tell who the New Yorkers are, and who, yes. who are the the, you know, the visitors, because they're all doing what they're doing. There's no like room for that. It's like, well, of course not, because that's their, this is their routine, which I think is what we're all just stuck in, which is that routine. So definitely man well you you brought up a a, a few points that um i kind of want to touch on right one of my earliest memories here um so i moved here in 2008 i was a freshman i moved here about like two or three months into my freshman year of high school and i specifically remember uh riding the bus home one day and seeing Mm -hmm. a car that was stalled like right outside of my neighborhood Mm-hmm. And the bus driver like came to a complete stop and everyone's like, oh, like what happened? Like everyone thought like a fight happened in the back of the bus or something. And we all kind of like peered out the windows 
and mm-hmm. we saw that there was, you know, a guy or a few people in a in a car that was in a, a whole other lane. Um, they, okay. they got yeah. out and they helped move like the mm-hmm. truck out of, you know, out of traffic into into the shoulder, which sounds like really small, right? Like it's it's common sense. It's like common decency to like help someone in that moment. But I just remember. Yeah. I remember thinking and I specifically remember telling one of my friends, like, this is not something that's like really common, like in the cities that I've lived in. Like, sure, there would be a okay. good Samaritan somewhere in traffic. But like yeah. you said, right, it's I, I think it's a it's a cultural thing. It's it's a family thing um, mm-hmm. because never have I ever lived in an area or or been in an area where family is such a priority. Um, mm-hmm. not to say that, you know, elsewhere family isn't important, but this is definitely a family oriented area. And, uh, absolutely. another thing that you had said was, um, that there's uh, people assume that there aren't things to do here in the Valley. And I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I subconsciously formed the, this idea of the podcast in my head is because I want to prove my, you know, 18 year old self wrong because I, 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 mm-hmm. I hated it when I, I hated the Valley when, <laughs> when I lived here in high school, like uh, yeah. when I, well, when I was going through high school, like I just absolutely hated it. I wanted to do everything that I could to push myself out, travel as much as I could uh, to remind mm-hmm. myself that there was more out there. And then, well, you know, like I, I met my wife here. We, we started our family here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that to to live in the valley you have to understand that you're getting a variation of what other cities have you yeah. know um and and we move uh we grow much slower but but we get there you know um for instance like i've been seeing a lot of local businesses open up especially being a parent uh, my my wife and i always want to take um our son to different places and we discovered um this indoor playground it's called ludo play so uh shouts out to them uh it's an indoor playground for for kids like i don't know like probably like six months to like six or seven years and it's huge it's like a giant like yeah it's like a giant like warehouse um and they have like all these slides and all these ball pits and everything like that and it's like you would never think that the valley has something like that to offer right because we're known like for our, as you said earlier, right? Like our, our fire snacks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You would expect to see that in, in bigger cities. And yet, I mean, yeah. here it is and it seems to be thriving, which I think is, is, is really, really awesome. So, I mean, overall, right? Like you growing up here, you, you, you kind of had mm-hmm. your, your ups and downs when it came to your opinion yeah, of, of living here and growing up here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as I've gotten older, I've definitely um, have changed those opinions quite a bit. Like I I still uh, firmly believe that I actually might leave here for a little bit. I think maybe there might be a period in my life when I'll leave completely and and go off to do something else. That I don't know. We'll find out. I'll let you know what I do. Yeah, of course. Um, But uh, that being said, like I, I, there's a part of me that knows that I'll definitely still be here. And and, and I think that's the same for a lot of people. I think the idea is like where you grow up is where you tend to just live but no, I mean, like, even now, like, I, again, so I grew up in Mission, right? Parents yeah. live there, great. And then, like, I slowly started moving away from Mission. So my first apartment was in McAllen. I mean, yeah. it wasn't that far from Mission. But even then, it was a weird, like, oh, I'm a McAllenite now. And, like, 
the one thing that I find about McAllen is the weather is better. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is, the weather okay. is better in McAllen. Um, okay, okay. I, I can't scientifically prove that, but I can definitely tell you <laughs> that's the case. So <laughs> yeah. then after McAllen, uh, I had two roommates, two, two friends, and this is a weird thing, and I've, I've talked about this many times. Is it's funny how like calling somebody your friend is a grand thing while calling somebody your roommate is a, it's, it's for some reason is lesser than a friend. Although it's like, you know, we're roommates because we're friends. So when I say my roommate, it's not a derogative term. It's like, no, I don't yeah. enjoy this person. I just live with them. It's like, no, no, no we're, we're roommates. We're friends. It's a weird, it, anyways. Uh, there's a line. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, a line. Sure. It's a weird. Yeah. So then that being said, we had two friends who were like, Hey, like let's move in together. Um, your, your lease is up in Cal. Anyway, I said, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Like, Where do you want to live? I'm like, it's doing Callen because it's central to both Edinburgh and Mission. Yeah. And I think it's great. They're like, wonderful. Next day, cool. Hey, we just signed a lease in Edinburgh. I'm like, all right, cool. I guess we're going to Edinburgh. So <laughs> moved to Edinburgh. Um, weather was not that nice. There's more mosquitoes. And that being said, I'm, I, as I started moving further and further away from mission, which is still not that far, definitely still driving distance. Yeah. And then I, and then I moved to Brownsville and now that I'm in Brownsville, I'm like, okay, yeah, I definitely miss mission for whatever reason. Well, no, the reason being like, that's, that's where home is. Um, yeah. And it, it's just funny how that works. It's like, even though you, I'm still, I still go to mission on a day, not daily, but you know, on a weekly. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's just weird not being there. And, and, and I can't imagine feeling that being like hundreds of miles away, you know, living like in Austin, like, and the thing in Austin is like, I have a weird love hate relationship with it because I've had, I've been there. Uh, there's, there's a point in life where I'm like, I was, I, for whatever reason, every, every girl that I was dating at the time was like, Hey, either a, I live in Austin or B I'm moving to Austin. So it's like, ah, shoot. Okay. So now I'm driving to Austin every other weekend. So yeah. then it's like, now I, I sort of live in Austin, but I really don't because I, I live where I live and I work there. But also I, I'm here every other weekend and it feels like I live here. Yeah, and exactly. it's like, okay, like, like I can't imagine what being homesick that far away is. But then the only time that I ever do feel homesick, especially being in Austin, is during South By, which is where like I still volunteer, which I started volunteering in like 20, shoot, 2016 might have been the first year, 2015. No, it was definitely 2016. And then started doing that. It literally started off like on the, just a volunteer, just just the the dude with the vest who told you to get in line. Uh-huh. And then I guess I was just a good noodle and competent for two years. And they're like, "Hey, you want to be a crew manager?" I'm like, "Sure, let's do it." So then started doing that, and it's the point where like now it's like I because of, of doing being a crew manager for South by, um, I'm in the city for like more than two weeks at this point because it used to just be like all right i'm in i'm in austin for like six days to do my shifts and enjoy south by as much as possible and now it's like you know you're there for like pretty much half a month because being out of town you're, you're planning you're coordinating and it's like cool so now i get to i, I get to surf on, on various couches from all my wonderful friends which shout out to the homies let me sit on the couch or sleep <laughs> on the couch so I, I can tell when they're getting over it was like hey so uh you're you're leaving tomorrow right i'm like it sounds like i am so um being in Austin for like that period of time, I'll get to like day like 17 and I'm like, yeah. okay, now I'm this home. And then funny enough, there's this one time when I was just particularly like kind of homesick. I just wanted to come back home already. I went to like this Mexican uh, restaurant, well, yeah, restaurant breakfast spot in Austin on uh-huh. East, ooh, East 7th, I think. It's called Joe's, which is fire. 
Okay, everyone nice. goes to Juan and a Million. Juan and a Million is great if you're a UT student and don't know any better. But it's Joe's. <laughs> Joe's is where it's at. God yeah, no, no, I mean, no shade, but it's like you walk in and it literally <laughs> screams Valley. I mean, like, then and I say that because for me being, you know, just a round boy, it's like I, I walk in and I see the hostess, I see the servers, and they're all they all look like me. They all look like family. So yeah. the way I confirmed that was when I sat down by myself and, you know, my service, hey, you know, basically in, in almost, in almost Spanish, like, you know, what can I get for you? I was yeah. like, just, just give me, just give me some, some, um, some hueros and cheros. And she's like, and she ended that sentence by calling me mijo. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like that just struck a chord. I was like, damn, yeah. I feel safe. Like, it this is you. it. Like, I'm good. It really yeah. did. I was like, okay, this is cool. This is interesting how that works where it's like, you just kind of find home wherever you're at. And I mean, and then even then, like just something about the Valley is just powerful. Like it just, it just, regardless of where you're at in the Valley, it just feels like home. And I, I don't know. I just, I've come to appreciate that aspect of it. Like it's just, it, it's just nice. And, and breaking, breaking the stairs, I've looked, there's nothing to do. Yeah. Like that kind of broke after like getting a car, which sounds kind of crazy, but I just, I honestly didn't start driving until I was, I think I was 19. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, honestly, it was, it was two things. It was uh, anxiety, because it was the idea that I have to get behind a wheel and fend for my life every day, seeing how people drive. But then I was like, no, nah, this is the, I, I, literally, it was, it was a weird, like, once I started driving and, and, and being an efficient adult, I was like, you know what? Yeah, there's plenty to do here. Exactly. And, um, like, some of my favorite things besides eating uh, is definitely, like, even the littlest things, like like I remember, like Vipers games used to be like the, the that was like a, a, a laughing or a laughing joke of like oh we're gonna go to a Vipers game like we got tickets I was like okay cool and I, and I was like you know what one like one Saturday night I was like yeah let me go check it out and I was like yo this this is fire like it's yeah, literally it's like it's actually really cool like, these <laughs> this, this is a good team like I don't know I mean they're four yeah they have four uh, four rings and they they they've won a championship yeah. four times and it's like I don't think people understand the gravity of that like. Exactly. This is uh, uh, even if, even though they're they're a division or G League now, like they're still it's still it's sports, it's great. And then like finding out that you know we have the soccer team, right? The the yes. RGB uh, football club. It's like those games go off. Like I'm, I don't care I who you are. Yeah, I don't care who you are. Like you just need to go and literally buy buy the, the, the ticket for I don't know what it is anymore, eight dollars ten. And you don't even need to take a seat. Just go stand at the, at the standing bar where the scoreboard is and just sit there and take in the energy of all these people who are there for this. And like, it's, it's like one of the best experiences, like, honestly, like, dude. So I, yeah, you've inspired me, man. Cause I, I haven't been to a Vipers game in like years, probably like seven oh years. God. And uh, yeah. I've never been to a, to a Toros game like ever. And, uh, and I dude. really, I would really, really want to go. Um, but I mean, you, you've hit like so many points, right. Of like, it, it almost takes that, that rite of passage of, of, of kind of feeling like angsty or feeling like mm -hmm. angst towards the Valley in order, like in order to truly, truly appreciate it. Because I think if there's one thing that our listeners are picking up on right now, is uh your culture does fuck you know pardon my language um but you are man like you are and and we can call it like a um like a like a gen uh like a generational thing right but like you you are a, a cultured individual right you, you understand the valley's role in your life without only seeing you know 
well, you, you hold on. Let me use an English teacher phrase. Ready? Like you see the forest for the trees. Like you truly do, right? Yeah. Like you, Absolutely. you, you take the uh the valley with you when you leave, and then like you know, it, I think it's kind of a natural thing, right? When you grow up in a place, um, and you can you can call it your home. Like it's it's a natural thing to kind of get homesick and and feel. Uh-huh. Like you, you need to go back and like reset, like rest your bones and uh-huh. and things Absolutely. like that. Um, <laughs> let's talk about jobs, man. Because I mean, obviously, I want to get into like Starbucks stories for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what were some jobs that you were holding down? Uh, maybe like throughout high school, early college, things like yeah. that. So, like, uh, full disclosure for everyone who doesn't know, which I think at this point we kind of already kind of elaborated, but yeah, I, I so Starbucks was actually my first like corporate like big, well, not big boy job. I guess I, at the time, which was I think nineteen, if not like uh-huh. still, yeah, I think it was nineteen. I don't remember. It's it's a little bit old. But that being said, like this was like oh, I finally have a clock in clock out job. So before yeah. that. Um, I did a lot of like freelance and contract work, which is fun, and I say that in the way of like. I think I was 16 when I got my first job. And this was like, it was, it was for a startup advertising company. Oh, and yeah. there was a, a girl who, uh, or well, they graduated in, they graduated like two classes or three classes before me. And um, they they knew who I was and they knew that I did photography and like long, you know, exchanged information. She's like, hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm working for this company. Like, do you want in? I'm like, sure, I'm young and stupid and I don't know any better. And I know how to use a camera, so let's do it. Yeah. So um did that first summer and that definitely fell through only because it was a startup and like things were just, you know, startup like and you know, there was no like, you know, guarantee of things, just fine. So that was my first experience in, in the workforce. And then after that, did a lot of like community theater work yeah. slash like you know, that that's I did I did theater in high school, primarily freshman and sophomore year, and that's where I dipped my feet into it. Nice. And then, uh, which was interesting because, like, for me, like, I'm one of three siblings, right? So I have an older brother and a younger sister who are all. I, full disclosure, I'm six three. Uh-huh. I'm like six two in 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 some, but I say six three because it's easier and it sounds better to, to most people. So everyone assumed in the family that I was going to be the football star. I was like, okay. well, cool, let's do it. Like, you're going to do it. You're going to play basketball. And then I think after like eighth grade. I did football and it just didn't work. And then I realized like, this isn't for me mostly because I, the hand-eye coordination wasn't a thing. And I was like, let me just spare all this. I'm going to go do theater because no one in the family has ever done that. And that sounds, that sounds right to everybody. So that was fun explaining. Um, And then I found like a huge liking towards like specifically uh, theater production, mostly light design, light design, just light design. And I just got along so easily. It it was, it was fantastic. And I never felt, I, I, I don't play any instruments. I can't draw, I can't paint. I can take photos, which makes sense because it's a button and, and light design was cool. Cause like for, for, it almost felt like a visual um, instrument, right? You, you program yeah. some cues, your lights go off. It's like, oh, I just did something. Um, and then of course, like sound, you know, sound mixing was, it was easy. You know, operating sound boards was also easy. Um, so I used all that stuff I learned in high school to just, you know, kind of do like community theater, do doing the community theater led me to doing like uh, theater maintenance. So. I, I started picking up contracts with school districts um, to maintenance theaters as far as like their their light boards or light softwares, changing out uh, uh, fixtures and, and lamps and so on. Stuff that like the majority, and this has changed dramatically from the time that I did that till now, the majority of theater uh, teachers and directors were mostly actors or acting based directors. So 
Okay. Their, their, their technical proficiency wasn't that great, which is where they needed individuals like myself and others to come in and tell them like, Hey, like you, you can direct the hell out of a play. So essentially what's happening is you have a lot of momentum, a lot of, uh, a lot of passion and whatever it is that any, any, any director wants to put out on their stage. They just need that like level or that connection of like tech and like, the funny thing is, and I can definitely understand why, is when you look at a sound mixer, if you look at a light board, it's like you see a lot of like dials and, and, and buttons and submasters and, and sliders. And it's like, okay, how does this work? And it's like, well, it's a computer. And like, they're like, oh, no. I'm like, yes. So it's a lot of like, look, I, I know this looks, you know, uh, um, terrifying and, and, and just, just, you know, like this is going to be hell. It's like, it's not because especially on a sound mixer. The funny thing about it, the bigger you go, it just you see all those dials and, and, and sliders. It's like, hey, this is all the same thing, yeah. just replicated on, on just across, literally across the board. It's like, yes, like you, you have channels 1 through 18, and it's just these sliders. Like, okay, imagine if it was just the same thing you do on this one, you do on this one. You just, you just all you do is you just add different things here and there. Huh. So the funny thing is that like as much as it is for like directors and their teachers it, it's mostly about the kids um and there's that cool thing of being able to show like kids how to do this stuff so they kind of like yeah. the idea is to find the most competent and passionate kid who's there to teach them everything you know in the span of like a day <laughs> yeah so that they then they become the, the default of like okay so what are we doing and like if you need anything kid just shoot me a text and i'll do my best to, to help you on that one so that's basically badass, getting man. all, you know, yeah, it's, it's just being able to be that, that like person to like you know, give that opportunity to, to anyone. So then like using all that, all that experience from doing that with school districts, um, I was able to land a gig at, uh, at the city of Edinburgh where um, their municipal auditorium is still erect after I think 97 years. It's probably not right. It's, it's 90 plus for sure. I, yeah, I don't remember yeah, yeah. off the top of my head if it was built in 27 or 23. Uh-huh. I think it was 27. So it's still there. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's truly a work of art that is just underfunded um, through bureaucracy and red tape. And I think that if it wasn't an, uh, a historical landmark, it probably would have been torn down by now, which is unfortunate. Probably. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, I was there for like five years of literally just operating boards. Um, and the cool thing about that place, which is which is unfortunate, because it, it's a beautiful building, very historic. Um, it wasn't built by theater people, and you can tell that because it is full of windows. Yeah, which is not helpful if you're doing a, a whatever show it is during the day. So, like they they spent like, you know just putting blinds and all that stuff. And the problem is that like as fun as that was, it was it was a lot of like uh, troubleshooting and skill set because. Funny enough, like what I had when I started, like, you know, year one mm -hmm. is what I ended with plus less because there was never any, there was literally never any upgrades. Um, yeah. There was, it was a very limited space, but doing the best with it was always, was always fun. So anyways, going into, into all of that, um, before I started Starbucks, it was a combination of just contract here and there. Yeah. freelance photography which i'm not a huge fan of and i'll, I'll go into depth later on that one yeah and sure. then of course uh, uh the the city stuff um that kept me afloat until i was like all right i need a i need a stable job yeah. something with steady income that and consistent paycheck yeah yeah because it was like oh you know hey you're gonna you have you know three contracts with the city you know in, in march cool that's at least you know crunch the numbers something stupid at the time, probably like 400 bucks. I'm like, all right, I'm rich. I can, I can live for the next, you know, <laughs> until the next I remember but those the times, time, 
Yeah, because at the time you don't have anything. I, I was fortunate enough to come from from a family that like all they required me to do was pay the insurance on my car, pay the gas okay. for my car. The 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 stipulation was like we're going to give you a car. At the time, it was like a two thousand Mustang, but still it, it has wheels. It can go from point A to point B. It's reliable. That's all you need. Which yeah. I'm very grateful for. And then you you live under our roof, uh, you know, and you just respect the rules of the house. And I promise you, we'll be okay. And I'm like, cool. So, you know, a lot of money at the time, I have limited bills and no credit cards at the time, which is great. So like I could survive off of that little to nothing, you know, paycheck in a sense. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, well, after doing all that fun stuff, um, Starbucks came into my life and, um, <laughs> when did you start? <laughs> what year did you start? May 14th, I think of like oh. 2017. 2017 okay so when you started starbucks i was already there for a year and a half yeah you 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 were yeah yeah i think so you you were you you were seasoned for for that store as far as like it being seasoned i love how you describe (laughs) that oh my god like let's just let out all the dirty laundry right now you know fun fact um i actually uh hit up anna yeah. Um, and asked her if, if she would be on the pod, but I, I think that she's too, too high up the, the, uh, the totem pole. Oh, definitely. So, uh, yeah. Dude, she has her own store. She's not yeah. talking to you. And like, <laughs> but she wants to though. That's the thing. But like, you know, we, we got to stay tight lipped on, on some things. Oh, uh, who did you Absolutely. start with? Did you start with Jeffrey or did you start with Tom? You started with someone. I remember that. Oh yeah, of course I started with someone. I started with Gabriel. You started with Gabriel. Wait, hold on. You yeah. started with Gabriel. Not, 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 not the Gabriel we know and love, whom truly adore. It was the other Gabriel. It was a taller one. But yeah, we were both that's, tall. We were, yeah, that's who I'm yeah. thinking about. Like, there's no way that you oh, started. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you started with him. Yeah, it was pretty easy. Wait, hold on, yeah, hold on. It was pretty easy. This is this isn't going to make sense to like the listeners. I don't even care. Like, so was I, yeah. Tom already there? And then you started. Tom was already there. Yeah, Tom was already there, and then he was a great asset because he was very patient yeah. and very kind at the time. Not that he isn't yeah. anymore. Tom, I haven't <laughs> talked to you in like two years. So I don't, I can't speak on who you are now. I don't I'm know sure if you're you great. S- have you seen Tom lately? Have you, have you seen I, his Instagram? I, I, I have no contact with Tom aside from the one time that we bumped into each other at Target. My God. I think I'll this was send a you ago. a link to his profile. Good God. He's a trainer now. Yeah. He's a trainer now. Well, he was always a good looking dude, which I'm sure he still is a good looking dude. And then ah. he, uh, you know, like, I, I don't need to describe Thomas and, and how good looking he. The podcast just shifted. This is neither here nor there. This is neither here nor there. Yes. You started with Gabriel. What it is was, was Gabriel, you started with Gabriel. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, that was interesting. He's yeah. definitely a, a character. Um, but no, yeah, started there. Um, we, of course, starting at like, so long story short, I I love coffee and been into coffee for yeah. years. I started, I, I mean, I, I, like every other person who doesn't know better, I, I love sweet stuff, man. I mean, you give me the, the, the you know, caramel frap and, you know, all that fun stuff and extra caramel. I loved it. And then yeah. I realized where I was going wrong and I got my, I got, I got my shit rocked. When I was going to Austin so much, because I would I would start visiting like the crazy coffee scene that like oh, come to, like basically just shaped me into who I am now. Like yeah, and I, I <laughs> discovered coffee. I mean, for what it is, I mean, it's almost it, it it's it's a whole different world. And so this yes. is where like 
a lot of people who love coffee and enjoy it like you're either a snob which i understand but also like please you know point your nose a little you know a little down i mean we get it you love coffee great but also there's people yeah. who just just kind of enjoy it and, and and like understand that like not every i think the majority of this country has been consuming bad coffee for like over yeah. or maybe almost like a hundred years and that sounds dramatic but it's true because what you knew growing up uh, for coffee was your Folgers. It was what was in can. It, it was it was what was store bought. It was freezer uh, freezer dried or uh, freeze dried, excuse me. Uh, and yeah. it was it was it stayed good for like years and years and years. For years, you, yeah. you your your grandmother, grandfather, or whatever you you know elder you had growing up had the same can of Folgers for years for some reason. Yeah, and and you just assumed that if it tasted like coffee, if it, if it tasted strong, if it was sweet and it was creamy congrats you have coffee and it's like well no so so funny enough third way i think i believe third way coffee started roughly in the 90s if not early or excuse me late 80s yeah and third wave coffee is, is what we know now as far as like the cool coffee shops the coffee shops that you walk into yeah. and you immediately feel like an outsider because you have no idea what the fuck is going on in there pardon exactly. my language and no, what no, i mean by that no. is like <laughs> it, it, it's like you have the plants growing you have the weird spotify mix going and everyone's just vibing and you walk yeah. in and they're like who are you and it's like that's a great question. Let me figure that out. And so whatever. So you start, you know, you have your menu for, for people who don't know any better, which is which is either seasonal like drinks or, or just just straightforward. This is a sweet drink. You're going to love it. And then you have your crafter uh, um, stuff, which is going to be like your, your, your pour overs, your, your, your spros, different ones. And then you start diving into this world that you slowly start to regret because you start to realize that it's so big and grand and there's just so much room for different stuff that like you get overwhelmed with it initially. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you just want to dive into it. So at the before Starbucks, I was doing my best to try to get hired at any local coffee shop. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was, I mean, I was doing my best, you know, of course, like, I mean, they're, they're, they're mom and pop, you know, businesses. They don't have, you know, jobs to give out left and right, which was fair. So then of course, you know, finally get a call back from Starbucks. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, Starbucks. Are you <laughs> it sounds great. I'm going to exactly. be a barista and I'm going to make coffee and the girls are going to love me because I'm oh, a yeah. barista. Yep. And, yep, yep, yep. So, you know, you have all this momentum. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. So then, you know, you start and then this is, of course, not being familiar with corporate uh, environments, if not like, you know, co- just huge companies, you just get thrown into it and immediately you're like, all right, this is definitely not a cop shop. Yeah. <laughs> Starbucks is definitely not. Been- um, the the store that we worked at had to have been like one of the most intense workplaces I think that I had ever <laughs> been a part of, and that's because before Starbucks, I worked at Channel Five for three years, two and a half, three years. Oh, wow. I can't rem- I can't remember yeah, like, that's right. the, the specifics, right? But like, I left the fast paced uh, culture of of news to mm-hmm. uh, in television specifically television to yep. go work at starbucks and i have to say like the work that we did at starbucks was so much more yeah. fast-paced and just oh, like yeah. uh when it came down to like management and like your mm-hmm. your gms and your dms and things like that like like it, there was so much more politics involved than like, oh yeah the news and i just thought the media yep. and i just thought that that was like absolutely crazy but uh continue continue so, so again, go, not only was it, your, it wasn't your standard run of the Starbucks. Now it, it's, yeah. it's specifically, I, I think at the time, the second busiest store in the district, which is insane because it's a high volume store and it brings in all this money. And so it was really very like from the get go is like, 
this is what you're doing. You need to figure it out in the next week. And then you need to also just be great at what you do forever. And it's like, wait, what? And then you start to realize like how not only intense it is, but also like, like once you, especially if you, I had a semi coffee background already. So I could, I picked up on, on making stuff easily. It was, it was pretty simple. It was, this is all the same sweet drink. Just pump a different, you know, pump a different syrup in there. Great. Yeah. And then you start, it's, it's more of like the people, you, it's the volume of people where it's like, it's especially on, on like one of the busiest days, right? You, you, you get an influx of people from, you know, uh, from your, your lobby, from your yes. mobiles, from your drive through. And then for a second, if you, you just feel overwhelmed, like, yo, this sucks. Yeah. But Those also are- it's, a, it, it was, I think something about it being like, this sucks and everybody understood that and everyone's in the same boat. It's like, this does suck. You, Dude, you all just come together. I, I still have um, pictures that uh, you took of us in a rush when we were down uh, with, uh, with just <laughs> one machine. I think it was you, Jeffrey, and myself. And you were yeah. taking pictures and we were spamming. Uh, we were spamming Vanessa with the yeah. pictures being like, please let us bring someone in. Let us bring yeah. someone in. Because yeah, yeah th- that was the yeah, worst dude. part about it, man, mm-hmm. is that. Yeah. You know, uh, if someone called in mm-hmm. and, you know, our labor mm-hmm. wasn't where where it needed to be. I mean, we were, you know, yeah. up shit creek. I mean, pretty. Yeah. And then the, the shitty part about that was like, yes, yeah, so it was like, hey, Vanessa, you know, or, or even it didn't even matter who would have been. It was more like, hey, GM, um, yeah. we're getting fucking rocked over here. Exactly. And this is great. I, we, we truly enjoy this, but also like, I, I understand whoever's down to come in, you know, so-and-so, whoever it is, is, is about, they're going to hit their, their cap at 40 and we're going to go, they're going to go like two hours over. Yeah. And I know you're going to get yelled at, but <laughs> please <laughs> level yes. with us for a sec. Either, either send them in or unfortunately you come in, which is, yeah. I, of course it's not fair to you, but also like, level with us here like this we're, we're again we're getting rocked this is the second busiest store yeah. it's probably like a friday night knowing knowing you know whatever it is and also like we're, we're not only dealing with with the influx of people and, and their love for their frappuccinos which is good good for them <laughs> now you're dealing with like a, a ridiculous amount of like stock coming in in the back so exactly. not only am, oh, am i am i am i just screwed in the front yeah i'm also screwed in the back because i can't get to whatever other ingredient that i need to because there's just pallets of stuff yeah, and I, I, we can't even put it away because there's no one here to put it away. So it's like, okay. How many this, times this, were you coaxed into uh, applying for shift supervisor? So I, that's that's it's funny how that works because because it was I mean naturally like I, I want to always kind of just move up or, or just do just do better what it is that I'm doing yeah. and I want to you know be in, be in, 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 a, in a role that I can do all that stuff. Uh-huh. I only I think applied twice i think in in the span of the two years that i was there which most people don't know this is something that i never shared with anyone or not anyone but people who are close to me or even friends or i, I never really revealed that i worked at starbucks not because i was ashamed oh. of it just because i did i just being in mission like working at an edinburgh location i never really saw anybody i knew yeah which is great unless it was people from the university which is totally different but as far as like locals like i just never never did so like it was something that i never really advertised or really put on social media I, it was on my facebook but you have to like dig to find that and it was only to get into that that community that we were all a part of which i don't even know is still a thing it probably isn't is it um, I, the shift, I, shift exchange it might still be 
Oof. I don't know. Maybe not. I have no idea. Or, or, were, or I got kicked out, which which is great because I, I don't want to be in there. So dude, there were there were so many like subgroups as well. Yeah, that were, yeah. That were created and yeah. like it became so spiteful and like it, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was yeah. Really toxic so, for a while. So like, I, I love the fact that you were hiding it and like I was just fucking flaunting it, man. Like, especially really, now yeah. being a teacher. Uh, when when yeah. people talk about like other jobs that they have, like I can say, like, yeah. oh yeah, like I worked at Channel Five, and they're like, oh that's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I left Channel Five. I went to Starbucks. Oh my god, you worked at Starbucks? Yeah, they, and it's people like, freak out. Like they think they think it's a like it's a cool thing. And I'm like, and I understand the appeal. I think I I yeah. totally do because again, like there's there's a weird appeal to being in a barista, and and yes. and and I mean that like something about wearing that green apron, something about being a part of that whole like Makes image, you more sophisticated. It, yeah, for some reason, when at the end of the day, like <laughs> I literally, I press a button and I pump some sugar into a cup. And if I'm lucky, I steam some milk. That's decent. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it, it's yeah, and it's funny how that works. And, it, and it's a weird like, um, and, and, and again, going into it, I thought like, hell yeah, like I'm, I'm starting. I'm gonna be a barista at Starbucks. The girls are gonna love me. I'm gonna give them free coffee, uh, and and it'll be fine. I never took out anybody. I think working at Starbucks. Like I never met a customer. I I've got, I got a few Snapchats here and there without asking, which is great. I never yeah. felt right hitting on people at work doing yeah. my job. It just it didn't make sense. And I also felt like that's a gray area that I shouldn't explore. But uh, <laughs> others did, uh, which is good for them. Um, but I, I, <laughs> so like as far we as will like, not you know, name names. We will not name names, but but good for them. Um, <laughs> and so like with that, I was like, huh, like without brushing you know the photography it's like okay not only my photographer i'm also a barista in my mind yeah. i'm like are you kidding me like if i'm lucky if i'm lucky my phone will stop dinging yeah never have i ever had the privilege of, of taking someone out by being a barista if not a photographer if not both so oh, i feel conned at this point in my life like somebody <laughs> lied to me dude there were there were so many opportunities and i can say this because yeah. well, let's face it my wife won't listen to this uh and the people yeah. that will listen to it will get a kick out of it like the yeah, perks absolutely. of working at starbucks and taking your yeah. date to your store and oh, getting yeah. the hookup from everyone yeah. uh i mean free drinks free food whatever pastries yeah. what have you like that was that was nice like yeah it, it, it was and it, it, it was understood too when when you saw anybody who was there uh, with with some sort of date or something another you they understood the mission it, it was, it was your code. job yeah you 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 treat them right and you make sure they're they're, they're, they're taken care of exactly uh, and so <laughs> segueing back and into into yes. uh, supervisor yeah so i interviewed once okay didn't get it which is fair. Uh, I, I think it's a good thing I didn't because I, I probably would have done great in it. Um, and then I also never wanted to do it, especially not at that store, because it was like I, I understood in seeing what everyone else went through, um, including yourself. It was like this is this is baloney, man. Like this is like you're just expected to do more. And yeah, you get a nice raise, which at the time wasn't wasn't you know adequate with what they're getting paid now, which again good for them. Yeah. Um, but it just felt like your your level of dealing with bullshit was just more and it yeah. just wasn't worth it. And then like um, you worked more, which is great. But also I think at the time too, because I was doing like, I think what it was, was I was still doing a lot of contracts and I knew that I needed the leeway of having days off. And I knew that at being a shift, uh, I wouldn't be able to get that leeway as much. No. So no. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I found that a good, a good mean to be not being a chef, but still being, you know, just, just your average barista was being a coffee master, which is just 
funny to me because it, it doesn't mean anything. What, what it means, unfortunately, if you if you even now if you still wear the, that, that glorious black apron that says Coffee Master on it, uh-huh. all it means for you is that whenever there's a problem and somebody's upset and they're in your lobby, is they're going to go to you first because they assume mm. that you are a shift or someone better because you have a different apron. And the best part about that is that as they're yelling at you, you can politely and calmly tell them to please stop and you redirect their focus to who yeah. is in charge. And it's like, please go yell at them. I, I can only do so much for you, but unfortunately right now that this is bigger than my scope. Um, so go, go away, go, go But there. you're wearing uh, a black apron though. That means you have yeah. the answers to all yeah, the problems. And I'm like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure if it's, if it's simple and something that I can, I can say now because I no longer work there. I found yeah. that another e- easy thing was, was using a recovery card. I don't know if you used too many of those. I use uh, like a handful, but honestly, I oh, never really like. Oh, I, there should be a system in place if there isn't already on like a red flag of like how many you give out as yeah. as an individual, if not as a store. Because once I figured out that anybody had access to these cards and you can just swipe away, okay, I was just whenever there was an issue, I figured it like, out. It's it's a quick and easy. Whenever there like, was an issue, solution, yeah. Oh my! Because because you're giving somebody a credit to them, they they think it's free, which which to an extent is it's not much, and I won't know how much it is to get anyone else to poach others to get them for them. But what I'm saying is like it was such an easy like please stop yelling at me. Here's a yeah. little card. Thank you so much. We'll walk away, and it was like it was easy. So like I found that was, and and I think that most baristas, if not again, this is different. These are different times considering like what the pay was. Yeah, uh, not the not not justifying what they get paid now, and that you can yell at them. No one get, no one deserves to get yelled at. No, um, and so like just being, I think what it was, and something about being at that store particularly. I remember it took six months for me to break. Like I had a lot of enthusiasm and 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 just joyfulness, and like let's do this. We're all great. Let's work as much as we can. And then six months came along, and I was just like done. Yeah. It's, and then I hit a wall. Like it was like, you know what, this is depressing. Like I, I you you just get rocked all the time. No one seems to care. And then like it's a combination of people who just yell at you, slash like just want I don't even know what it was they wanted. And then it's also like your your own corporate politics of like you need to hit these numbers and you need to be nice. And it's like, okay, if 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 our if our numbers are being based on an, on a, a system here of surveys where people want to be just, you want them to hit, you know, fives all the time. Well, they're upset because they're waiting in a line that's 30 minutes because unfortunately there's only we're, you're understaffing and then you don't even have a certain product. So it's, it's just a one, two combination of like, we don't have this plus we're taking so long because of this. Yeah. And so of course they're going to answer with terrible surveys because they're upset, which is rightfully so. So it's like, well, and they're asking, what is your solution? The like, solution is more labor. And like, yeah, no, not that one. No. I'm like, okay. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever look at the Google reviews of our store? Like specifically yeah, while, while yeah. you worked there? I, I, I was fortunate to be one of the few who had a good review. I, uh, I remember, yeah. and, and I remember it being weird. I remember it like it was this, the review. I, I can't tell you verbatim what it was, but it was yeah, like, no, of course. it was this weird, it was a weird couple. Like it was a, one of those like, what, okay. what? Uh, it was a weird, it, they were just weird vibes, weird. They, they look weird. They look, you know, like creatures almost. But anyways, um, <laughs> the the dude didn't know what he wanted. And I think he wanted like a wrap or something. And then I think I offered him a, a different sandwich. And then I think he wanted like a medicine ball. Okay. Or, or we didn't have, I, I did something along the lines of, I just went a little bit more out of, out of the way to, to get them something. 
Yeah. And then like, I just, I, I found the review and I was like, Oh no shit. It was just basically like, was like, Hey, you know, so, uh, the, the tall one. Cause that's, that's what I was. I was just a tall <laughs> one with a beanie lurch over in there, the summer. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like little because it'd be it'd be like fucking mid-August, 102 degrees. But there, there's a tall one of beanie, which which sucks. If I if I if I ever got in trouble with well, a few times I did, it was like oh, yeah. it, was, it was a tall one. Well, which one? In the beanie. Beanie. Yeah. Like ah, yeah, shit. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read the reviews and they were they were. I don't think they were off. I mean, I remember one of them in particular was like, um, "Barista stare at customers like they're upset," and I'm like, "Well, that's true. That's fair." Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what they're doing. Well, yeah, like you, you mentioned, like you, you mentioned, like breaking, right? Like it, it took you six yeah, months until like you reached that point where the job that you were so enthusiastic about became the job that you you loathed. And like, yeah, if if absolutely. you if you thought about it, and and I know you did, right? Um, like mm-hmm. just our our workstation. Like it almost mm-hmm. felt like we were like encaged in yeah, absolutely. like this area and everyone else was kind of just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Right. Uh, they're just like, they're, they're like eyeing us the entire time. Mm-hmm. And there, it, there's nowhere for you to hide. Exactly. Right. Like everything is like, it's an open fo- floor plan. So like everything is, mm-hmm. is like exposed. And I remember that we were supposed mm-hmm. to have like those glass shields to kind of like prevent customers from like leaning over and God, like, <laughs> that was the worst when they would like lean yeah. over the counters and they would like grab things. And like, yeah, they would. Just... It, that was the worst part. I mean, I remember people who would literally like turn like, they didn't even know what syrups they were because they were facing us. So it was like, they would turn the, the nozzles, the oh, squirt in there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, are you just taking a blind guess here just assuming whatever it is you're pumping in there is going to be what you want <laughs> like, i remember this is this is probably one of my favorite stories it was like um it was like christmas eve i think and we were just okay. you know it was it was busy because of course it was because everyone knew we were we were closing yeah. early which is fair yeah and uh I, I don't know who made this call if it was from up top or or just just you know gm who was like hey if they ask for extra caramel it's an extra 60 cents i'm like okay and so, like, just have them come and pay that sixty cents. Like, cool, whatever. I, I don't care. It's not my caramel. Okay. And there's just one lady who's just being just overly like, I want more caramel. And I'm like, okay, look, I've already given you some, and you, you I'm not asking you to pay this, but like now you're asking for more. Yeah. And then it was like, I was like, look, you know what? At this point, if you want more caramel, it's gonna be, I think, sixty cents. And she's like, well, but it's right there. And she's pointing to the bottle. I'm like, I was like, ma'am, the location of the bottle doesn't devalue the bottle. You still need to go and pay. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just so like taken aback and like at that sentence which i can understand why now which is it wasn't a big sentence it was just more of like to stop it like just because it's right there it, it doesn't cost any less i, I need you to you know, get out of here so jesus yeah that was that was a good yeah dude i uh i got called a communist because oh okay um, That's a good one. Uh, this like really old senile man uh mm-hmm. wanted a like a short coffee but he kept saying uh like short espresso and so i literally like served him an espresso shot granted i i probably like knew that he wanted coffee but i was just like you know what okay yeah customer customer wants customer gets you know like well who am i to deny him his his experience so it, 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 and, and, and it's shitty because it's like you you want to give the best possible experience not not to people because you know it's your job it's more because like what what do you gain out of out of giving people like bad stuff like yeah what is it's sometimes it takes more work to make something bad 
than it is to just do it how it is. So like, this is where it's a weird, like, you know, people huff and puff whenever they get asked for something stupid. I'm like, just, it didn't, if it's in reason, by all means, just give it to them. Yeah. So then like, it, it's, it's just like, and unfortunately, like, this is where, like, when you just get overwhelmed with people, like, it turns into, like, I remember, like, towards the, the, the end of, of my life training people, I remember, like, telling them, like, look, at this point, don't worry about numbers. Just pump what you feel. And whatever you pump into that cup, if you feel like that was right, good. I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah. And B, read, be, you know, understand and read that sticker and, and the customer. And based, that, based upon whatever sticker comes through, you can tell that this person just wants something sweet and tastes like coffee. Then, unfortunately, by all means, considering the situation, give them a hot or cold drink that tastes like coffee and is sweet. And I promise you, as long as they don't come back, you're okay. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 just it's it's just unfortunate how it works. What a way to look at it, man! Like, what a way to look at it. Like, if anything, I, I did learn some really good life lessons from working there. Uh, oh, yeah, but absolutely. Would not want to relive. Uh, those years. So like, oh, yeah, Starbucks no. led yeah. you to where you are today. I know that we can't talk too much about it, but um, like the road to where you are today, kind of give us like the, the yeah. brief journey. Yeah, absolutely. So we did Starbucks for a total of four years, which is, uh-huh. I, I always, from the get go, I told myself, I'm going to be here for five years, whether okay. I want to or not. And what I mean by that, it was like, I'm going to give myself that limit to figure out whatever it is that I want to do. So I, I didn't, I, there was just other people or braces who had been there for years. Like, you know, some were, you know, five plus, some, I, yeah. I met some who were 10 plus and I'm like, I'm glad you're okay with this, but I'm not. So I'm going to do this for no more than five years. I, at year five, regardless of whether or not I, I, w- I want to stay here, I'm going to leave and find something else to do. So luckily I hit four years on the dot. And then um, funny enough, I remember I'd asked for my, my pin, which I only got like a two-year pin because there was never any one-year pins and there was no three-year pin. So I was like, can I get a four-year pin? They're like, no, you can get a five-year pin though. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll hit five years anyways. And then like oh, two weeks later, awesome. I got, yeah, I, like, I got a call back for like, for uh, so I work at SpaceX now over there in Boca Chica, which is great. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's it's funny because like, it's a really weird like, being in Brownsville now and, and doing all this other fun stuff, like yeah, coming from a corporate like background, it, it definitely trains you um, to think corporate and to be corporate. And I hate using those words because I hate corporates. Um, I, I, I hate the idea of them. I, I hate large companies, even though I work for one, which is great. Yeah. Um, but uh, that being said, like um, using everything that I learned, which was mostly customer service and experience and just understanding people. Cause I think people are, are the biggest fascination of like, how do you deal with people? Exactly. It's hard. Exactly. People in, in customer service roles. I, I genuinely like, I it's, it's, you, I think everybody should hold a customer service role for at least, you know, a small period of time, whether it be oh, a God, month, yeah. whether it be two months, three months, even if it's, even if it's two weeks, I don't care. I think that everyone, should in fact hold any sort of customer service role to truly understand people and understand that like, and, and it's pretty easy. Not everybody is, is going to give you customer service in the manner of like, they love this and want to do this, right? We all expect at the, at the base level, if, if I approach you in decency, then I expect decency back. And I, and I think that across the board, I think that's a good mindset is like, what you receive is what you should, you should put back. And I, and I think that we also like, and this is where I kind of disagree with killing people with kindness, which is actually one thing that you taught me. Um, one of like the first things of being there was like, look, just kill them with kindness. 
it's a lot better when they're upset and you just give them everything they want and they don't know what to do. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's great. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give them the bare minimum. <laughs> and I mean, that in the sense of like, I'm going to make sure that you're okay, Yeah. but I'm not going to go out of my way to make sure that you have the best, unless, 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 unless I know you can wreck me and, and tell somebody that I gave you a bad <laughs> service and then I, that's yeah. different. But if I can tell that you're just, you're just upset for no reason, then like, don't let, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to pay for anybody else's sins in the sense of like, do not come at me for something that I did not do. Yeah. So it, being able to basically like maneuver and manage people and understand them, like you use that like in everyday life. And even like now, like going to like any sort of customer service, whether it be a restaurant or, or, or um, you, know, you know, retail, it's like, I feel bad for asking for service in the weird yes. way. Like yes. I, I hate, it's like, I hate having to ask people to do their job because I always hated getting asked to do mine in the sense. And it's like, so a lot of times if it's reasonable, like, if I order something and it's as simple as like, I asked for no tomato and it's like, there's a tomato in there. I'm like, that's, that's fine. I can take that's it out. Abs- yeah. I, I can take it out. That's fine. Yeah. I'll let you'll live. You'll live. So just live. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, and, and then one of the reasons why I don't do commercial photography or, or any sort of like wedding photography or, or even portraits I do. And that's a huge exception. Cause I mean, there's a huge asterisk behind that. Like I do do all those things. If it's for people that I know and love and thoroughly enjoy, yeah. you're yourself included. I mean, you, oh, we, what you. we did, we, we did uh, y'all's paternity photos. We did uh, uh, Owen's for, for, first yeah, and yeah, second first year. Birthday. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't do any of those on a regular. I hate doing portraits because people don't like how they look. And I hate yeah. to say that unless there are people who do. And then the thing is, it's, it's too much, but the majority of people are insecure yeah. And unfortunately, don't even like taking photos. So whenever you do take those photos and they're not happy with them, like I had one lady who wanted me to like Photoshop her, uh, her veins out of her legs. And I understood. I, I, told, I thoroughly understood why she wanted that. Yeah. But I was like, look, I can't do that. My skill set is not there. Furthermore, the lighting for this, it's going to look weird. Like you're better off if like you just kind of, you know, I can maybe throw some shadow in there and, and maybe cover them up. But as far as like you, giving you new legs, that's not within my range. I'm so Jesus. I'm not a graphic designer. So yeah. it's like you, you you can take photos for for individuals who just will never like how they look. So having being yeah. I, I thoroughly respect people who make like commercial photography their their career and who can yeah. do family shoots, who can do weddings. Weddings are or, or quinceañeras are probably like one of the most annoying thing that I, oh. I, I've ever had to shoot. And I'm like I'm never doing this again. God, um, I imagine. And, and there's, yeah. there's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of money in it. Yeah, it's not it's not for me, though. Uh, and, and, and the funny thing is, is you start bridging that weird like people do figure out that you can make a lot of money with this. So then you have individuals who actually don't really care if not know too much about photography, who just do this as a business. Yeah. And, and I, I know who those people are because it's very easy. I, as soon as there's a camera in the room, I unfortunately naturally I want to know what camera it is. I just yeah. do, especially if it's Canon because I'm a Canon slut. Sorry. Um, <laughs> As soon as I see, as soon as I see the red, and I'm like, all right, well, what do we got here? What's going on? You know, yeah. and, and uh, it's just for my own curiosity. I just want to know because knowing what what they're shooting with for me, I can better understand what it is they do as far as like what niche of photography they're in. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I figure it out, like, okay, cool. This like, so oh, so you're a wedding photographer, cool. So you have you know five D whatever it is, awesome. That means you're in the right track. Or if you have like an entry level, I'm like, well, I don't know, man. Like you're, you're, this is quite, you, you can definitely still shoot with this, but this is a little questionable. So based on, okay, like as soon as I'm in, uh, whatever function I'm at, and of course we see photographers, first thing I'm looking at, what lens, what, what camera. I'm not judging by any means. I promise you I'm not. It's just a curiosity for something yeah. that I love and enjoy. I just want to know. 
Um, and then figuring out, okay, you have this body, that doesn't make any sense. And then it's like, and then you start kind of looking, you start kind of getting a little closer and I, oh, you know, you really want to see. And then, and then you just see that glorious automatic feature or function that's on. I'm like, all right. So you, you're just literally pressing the button and hoping for the best. Good for you. Um, would, and and would it, you, it's unfortunate. Would you say that, um, to, to go back to, to one of your points, right? You, you had mentioned like yeah. disliking corporate photography, like, yeah as a non-photographer right like yeah. i don't even post yeah. on instagram like i i don't take yeah. pictures and i would like to take pictures just like for my own sake um yeah uh and and i would never i don't think i would ever have the the courage the goal to uh okay. to dive in into that world but as a non-photographer right like yeah. i feel like you are and and you said it earlier right like you are a musician essentially um mm -hmm like the camera is an instrument, like you are capturing Absolutely. a moment, like it is literally permanent. It is forever. So do you feel Absolutely. that corporate photography to some extent does take away the human element of, of photography? Like it takes away some I, I think, of its beauty. I, I think that it, it's a weird, like it's a weird dance and it's like, okay, if, if you love what it is that you're shooting, like, if you're if you're uh, if if you're into like race cars, right, and, you, and you're you're a, a racing photographer, it is your Formula One and stuff, and and you, you can tell when that is because there's there's art in it. But then when it's like you're just you're a photographer who's shooting this and doing this because it makes you money, but you don't really care about it. You can tell there you you honestly can. There's a feeling behind it. Gotcha. I, I don't. I, I think that. Um, I think that being a commercial photographer does not mean, by no means doesn't mean you're not an artist. It's, it's a level of like, how yeah. much are you into commercial photography and how much do you actually love that? Like I have a, a personal friend who I, I love. I mean, he, he's a good man, good family, good values, who is a commercial photographer mm -hmm. and doesn't really know too much about photography. I can, I can tell based on his edits. I can tell based on his photography. I can okay. tell on his settings. I can tell on all of it. But you know what? At the end of the day, like, the people and, and also like one of the so i used to in between all all the, the many contracts and starbucks stuff i would do school portraits mm -hmm. and it was li literally picture day it was, it was a you show up for picture day you know you sit on the stool uh you complain a little bit because you don't want to be there which is fine and you, you <laughs> snap the photo welcome so to my world that. man welcome yeah, to my so, world so, uh, so you spend a whole day from first to whatever period and <laughs> kids kids come in and they're all excited because they're out of class yeah um some of them more dressed up than others. Some could give two fucks Good yeah. for them. And it was, and it was in my job was to say, Hey, you see that tape, stand on that tape, yeah. turn your body this way, back straight. Cool. No. All right, cool. And then you take the photo, you take two photos <laughs> and it's, and the, the response is, can I see it? And I say, no. Cause, uh, and then you take their card and they go, they, they go on with their day. So then it, it was always funny. Cause like, you know, doing that, like I, I, there was a lot of joy in that because it was, it was easy. You yeah. literally just, you, the ones that were hard were the senior portraits where it was like, okay, now they have the pearls. Now they have the tuxedo. Yeah. That's not a tuxedo at all. In case anyone knew that, which I'm sure they did because they all took these photos. They're not actually wearing tuxedos, folks. They, they, it is a bid. Um, <laughs> uh, those were, those were hard because yeah, like, you know, we'll say freshman, freshman, the, the, the junior. Yeah. Parents don't care as much. Unfortunately, some do some, some buy every photo. Most don't, unfortunately. They, they, they'll take the proof and they'll put it on, on the fridge and that we'll call it a day. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, but the seniors do, it's their last year, mom, mom and dad or, or aunt and uncle or grandma and grandpa, like they all want a photo. So they're going to buy these photos. So they need to be 
perfect to the best of their ability. So now before it's like, hey, just stand right there, shut up, take the picture. Now it's like, okay, hold on, stand right there. Don't move. I'm going to move your hair. And if you move again, then I'm screwed. So I have to redo your hair. You know, stay here. You, know, you, 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 you thoroughly, you, you set up that subject and, and you shoot it. And that, that is more tedious, but it's fun. So like yeah. that side of commercial photography, because at this point, like I'm at the mercy of, of I, I don't rely on myself to tell a child to behave. I can easily go to the teacher, if not whatever sponsors there, but hey, so-and-so doesn't want to do this. And personally, I don't care because I still have 2,000 more kids to go through. So yeah. it's a weird, like you have them get after the child and then you just take the photo, whether regardless or not. So um, that so side much of it power, cool. man. You have more power than a teacher. Yeah. Like Jesus. I mean, yeah. And, and it's a weird, <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, like, so like, you're the camera guy. I'm like, shut up. Just stand right there. Let's take your phone. Let's get it done with. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the fun part. And, and again, e- even though like it was for, uh, it was for somebody who didn't actually know photography, but did this for, for a living, I was, I was fine with it. But there are, there are others, like, again, this is why, like, my asterisk to, like, I don't do certain sessions of photography because I don't want to do it. I do them because I know if I don't do them for it, although I'm more than capable of doing them, if I don't do it and you find someone else who does this for a living, they might charge you an arm and a leg for something yeah. as simple as, like, just shoot me on the beach uh, and I want five shots. And then what they're going to tell you is, cool, and I get it, because by all means, is their time valuable as well as what they do? Yeah, you really need to find the right person who you actually do pay whatever amount of money it is. And I say that because if you hire Joe who has an entry level camera, who's going to charge you for gas, who's going to charge you for time, who's going to charge you for editing time, who's going to charge you for only five shots. Whereas you hire John who now has a a professional level camera, if not the most professional, the difference here is going to be that camera because one costs $5,000, the other one costs $500. And so the, 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 the photo that you're going to get from John is going to be far superior in quality to, to Joe, who, who has the, the lesser camera. So it's like that in itself, the equipment, it, it, you really have to start breaking it down to a level of like, if I'm going to pay you to do this, which I'm more than happy to do, which support your local photographer, yeah. just make sure you, you know and you have the facts on them and you know for a fact that whatever you're getting from them, and I, I don't just mean a portfolio, I mean literally like, what are you shooting with? And, and, and funny enough, and I understand how people get insecure with this. And, and, and it's whenever people ask me, hey, like, what do you know about so-and-so? Um, I want to do sessions. Like, what do I ask them? I'm like, well, first ask them what they're shooting with. And that, that question makes people very insecure and very yeah. defensive because it's almost like, a, and I get it. I mean, I, I, but the thing is that like, for me, the, I have my camera so I can, I can hold my own. But if you ask, if you ask them, like, hey, what are you shooting with? And they tell you, you know, it, it's a, it's whatever entry level camera. Then it's like, oh, well, hold on. If, if someone's going to charge me the same price and they have a better camera and they have a better skill set, then of course you're going to go with that one. But also like, I, I just, something that I hate is, is it's always, it's, it's always going to be like some, some person who just picks it up and thinks that they can just do it based upon putting it on automatic mode and they have a flash and they, they go on Pinterest and they find their boards and yeah. then they start shooting, they start shooting and now they're a family, you know, photography. I'm like, okay, one a little disrespectful here because I mean other people take time to craft this and, and to do this for a living and you just thought you could pick it up and go it's not a car although yes it drives like you still need to know how to use it and and I think that's important and I think that it's it's only respectful and I don't mean and I don't at this point in time you don't need to go to school for this you really don't you can okay. go on YouTube you can go on any forum you can you just need to read or you can ask you can ask anyone who does do it and funny it's just going back to the valley like it, it's interesting because depending on who you ask some might tell you some might not and and some might find what they do as a, as a trade secret 
Whereas like personally, like every time I've been asked to like help, it's like, you just do. Cause it's like, if you have the ability to help somebody else craft and, and do and do and find joy and passion for things, then just do it. Like if it's not going to cost you anything, if it's just going to, if it's time, that's a factor. I mean, I, I understand that, but if you have the time and resources to just help, it's like, just, just do, just tell people how to shoot, tell people how to, how to use something and yeah. be honest. I mean, don't, don't build a persona that you know everything and that you are the best. Cause I mean, the, the reality is you're probably not. Yeah. And, and I think that like, it, it's just, it, the community is weird. And I think depending on like where or who or where you come from, it, it's a really interesting, like, there's, there's a lot of gatekeeping in my opinion. And I just okay. think that's wrong. I think that like, you should be able to just kind of share your resources and like, Granted, uh, one of the contracts I had with school, even this is uh, about three years ago, before, before COVID, before COVID, before the, the grand times of, of COVID, um, there, was this, there was two schools that I got, I would get hired to teach photography for certain periods of classes, not because the, the commercial photography teacher couldn't, couldn't, but I just had a better grasp on it and, and I knew them. And so they were more than okay with bringing me in for an hour or two every other week. And all you do is just brush up on lessons. And then they would just take the lessons that I took and, and kind of you know, teach on that for the next week. Okay. So I guess maybe using that as, as like, a, um, I guess maybe building and, and using those like lessons, I, it was very easy for me to just always like, just talk to and help people figure out like where to go. And yeah. I think something that's something that's not talked about is the actual cost of it. And, and like photography and coffee are one of the most expensive things that you can get into. Oh, hell in my yeah. opinion. <clears throat> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Easily. And so like, I chose to do both because that made sense to me uh and so like you know at, at a high school like i lost all my equipment that i used to use for school so i i was down to an entry-level camera with like a 24 millimeter lens which is uh pretty wide <laughs> so yeah that was fun and then i i again having those contracts not having a lot of money i was like okay well i'll figure it out i guess so i stopped shooting quite a bit and then i kind of realized somewhere into like the second semester of college that i had a refund yeah. And I was like, I'm going to use this money and I'm going to buy old equipment. And this is right before the boom of like 35 millimeter again, which uh -huh. I'm glad it's back. But also like, I, I, I was on it before everyone was. And the reason I'm not upset about it, the reason why I'm upset is because there weren't as many resources as there are now before yeah. where it was like, I can buy all these bodies and like lenses for cheap. Now all these things are expensive because there's value in them again. And also yeah. like, it's a really like rude awakening when, when you start learning that aspect of photography. I, I thought I knew a lot out of high school because I was arrogant and ignorant. And then after like, you know, using the older stuff like film again, I was like, oh shit, like this, this is, this is real. Yeah, like exactly. and what, I mean, what I mean by that is like going from a, a high level, you know, computer in your hands, you go to an SLR, which you have to manually wind your film, which film is a whole different ball game. And then like, you no longer have that computer anymore. You have to figure out your own exposures. You have to figure out your aperture. You got to figure out like where you're at. And then if you don't have a, a, a camera that's new enough, and I mean new, but I mean like eighties, like where like you don't have a, a light meter built in. Now you need a light meter. Now you don't know how to use it. And then like, then after you start shooting and realizing what this is, then you quickly find out film's expensive. Yeah. And getting it processed is it's expensive. And then it turns into like, oh, I only have 25, 24 shots on this roll. Every single shot or exposure on that roll costs you money. Yeah. From 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 the from buying it to processing it to to the time that you put in literally cost you more. So 
coming from like using a, a DSLR and then just shooting away with an SD card, I used to shoot like 5,000 photos of stupid things because I could just hold down the trigger and just, you know, literally trigger blast. I went to like, no, I need to really think about this composure here and figure out like, how do I frame this? Because if I mess this up, it's going to cost me money and I don't have that to begin with. So luckily the, the university had a film scanner. So I would just pay to get it processed and I would have to go to the library and scan these, these rolls and these negatives, which if you do shoot film, I, I really hope you have your negatives because your scans are great, but they don't mean shit. Have your negatives, have your record of, of your actual photos that you're, you're taking. Like, you're putting all this time and effort and, and money into it. Have your negatives. A lot of people don't keep their negatives for some reason. And I just, that's pretty negative to me if you ask. Um, and I, uh, I would have to get my negative scan at the library. I'd be there until like two in the morning when, when they were open that late, um, yeah. just scanning because the computer was so slow and the scanner was so slow. It would be like, it, it was just, it was insane. Um, and so I did that for a little bit. And then I think I was like 19 or 20. And I was like, you know what? I needed, I needed to start following the footsteps of every other American and, and in this country. And I need debt. So I took, I got a credit card. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I went to this. I got my credit card. I ripped it out of out of the uh, out of uh, the, the envelope, activated it, and walked right into Best Buy, and Ooh. I bought my first DSLR, nice. um, which was a seventy Mark II, which was which is a workhorse of a camera. Um, it was what I could afford. It, it, it was in between beginner and professional, very intermediate, and like. I, I mean, I still do. I love that camera. I mean, it was just, that was, it was eye-opening. Like learning the fundamentals from film and applying it to digital is probably the best thing that you can do. Yeah. Uh, because it really, it really gives you a perspective on like how to do things and how to do things better. And um, it's just like, unfortunately, like I said, like that camera at the time was like 1700. Mm. And so going back to like, people don't tell you this when you want to do photography, it's, it's expensive. I mean, it's yeah. not even, it's not even just like buying a camera, it's buying an SD card, it's buying a lens, which lenses are, 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 are glass. Like glass is something that people don't look into. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that like we overlook because we assume it's it's the body that you want. It's like, no, fam, you, you got to have the lenses as well. <laughs> and the cool thing about lenses is that like they they age like fine lines. If you have a good lens that was built in the 90s, it'll be great today. I have I have lenses from the 90s. And I mean, they, yeah. they if they're sharp, they're sharp. If they're maintenance, then they are. You're uh, you're so you're like, literally investing in the culture, like, you, yeah, it's mm -hmm. not Absolutely. something that you can just. I mean, somebody can can go and and buy, you know, one of those. Um, what are they? Are they Kodak? Like the, uh, oh my the god, disposables? yeah, not not even the disposables, but the ones that actually like print the pictures out, like all the all oh, the. Oh, 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 so so instant, it's instant film. Yes. Which, which, funny enough, I've, I've talked about this, because, not that I got triggered, but like I, I've had this discussion with people because like essentially the, the Polaroid is what we think of because Polaroid is that Polaroid. brand that, that is just, it's iconic. Yeah. It's, it's branded into like American culture, dude. Polaroid is, yeah. is you know, I mean, you, you see a Polaroid, you get hyped. I mean, yeah. and, and so Polaroid's funny it's enough. Instant gratification, one. right? It yeah, and it and it looks cool. It's aesthetic as hell. Um, but the thing with Polaroids is that like not every instant film camera is a Polaroid. I mean, like you can have a Fuji, you you can have an Instamax. It's it's like it's it's being able to like hey like you know this this is a brand. It's it's not it's it's not an adjective like, but that's nitpicking, and I'm I'm not gonna do that. But that being said, like. Um, <laughs> You, uh, you, you have to like, especially with, with, with newcomers, you have to be very like honest because it's not even, it goes in, it goes further from just the camera and the body and the lens and the SD card or whatever format yeah. card you're using. Now it's like, okay, well, how are you going to edit? 
and it's like oh it's like and it, yeah so then you other, like a whole different ball game and yeah. it, 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 it's like okay well what are you shooting what are you editing so like yeah you start off entry right you're shooting anything in every little flower you see any any bird you see that's what you're shooting which is great shoot 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 um but then you start finding your niche and then you're depending on what your niche is well, okay well are you doing portraits are you doing uh are you interpreting you know graphic design with 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 uh photography are you doing landscapes what are you doing and what how much like can you use like i i have plenty of friends who who get into it and they, they buy their entry you know camera but they don't have a computer I'm okay well do you have a tablet at least i have an ipad i'm like wonderful um use that <laughs> yeah or, or use your phone and, and, and the harsh reality is like, yeah you're gonna drop a thousand plus on a body you're gonna drop maybe 800 to another thousand on the lens and then it's like cool now you need to drop another thousand if you're gonna get a mac well then i don't have to tell you how expensive macs are <laughs> so wow. it's 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 uh it, it's its own it's an investment it really is and, and the thing is like once you in certain investing it, it's harder like it's it's almost it's not an addiction but it's also like okay i I've, I've already put this much in i need to not keep going but i should probably maintain this because i, I yeah. love it and also like i'm doing this much so yeah i but, moved on from like um moved on from that body to another body which is uh, like one of the flagship mirrorless and like again i'm so far into it i i, I don't i couldn't even give you a calculation of like where i'm at i've spent way too much money like <laughs> but I, I i think that someone listening to this can really like grasp what they need to do in order mm. to get started with photography absolutely like absolutely. I, the the way that you've laid it out has been well one elegant um because i did not know that there was i figured photography was complex i didn't i i guess i didn't put enough thought into it to really realize like just how complex and how many layers are are a part of this you know culture right like that's what i want to describe yeah. it as um but it's not it's not something that's impossible right you just no, absolutely you, not. you need the well obviously you need you need the, the finances in order to get these mm -hmm. resources in order to to build your repertoire of different lenses and things mm -hmm. like that and i mean it is it's an investment like it truly is something that's that's an investment that will last you you know years and years yeah. and years and if you're if you're passionate about it, by all means, do it. And, and I don't mean like a lot of people miss or they, they kind of misconceive that the more expensive that your stuff is, the better it's going to look. I mean, it will. But the thing is that like you need to like also be able to use those things. So yeah. when I was in high school, I was using a, a 5D Mark III, which if you know anything about that, that was like one of that was one of the industry standards. It's, it's what the presidential photographer was using at the time. I was like, wow, I have the same camera as 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 the you know the photographer, and I was like, cool. The thing is, I didn't know shit in high school. I know I know grand more what I know now because I got out of that bubble of like I'm so good because I'm using a camera. Well, the thing is, that like once I realized and I regret it so much looking back was I had a Corvette in my hands and I only drove at like 30 miles an hour max. Uh -huh. I may have hit 33 miles, but that was it. I never drove it past what it actually could do. And <laughs> so, like, if you have the most expensive shit, which most people do, they'll, they'll I mean, if, if they can, they'll buy like whatever they can and they don't know how to use it i'm like it's not going to do anything for you you're not going to have fun with it you're just going to shoot what you think is good and and i mean yeah it will look good but of course and that's all you know 
it's all subjective, but also like being able to like use what you have. And, and the idea is that you should always be able to shoot what you can with what you have. That's absolutely true. And whatever camera you have, whatever lens you have, I promise you. And, and I prove that with like shooting with film and, and old lenses and old bodies that you can do a lot. But then it's, it's once you start diving into what you actually want to do, what niche do you want to go into? That's where it gets difficult. Yeah. So like, for example, like I now do portrait, or excuse me, I now do uh, panoramic landscapes. One of my favorite things okay. to do. The problem with that is that I'm not just taking one, one, one frame and, and, and calling it a day, we'll edit it. Now I'm doing vertical shots, sometimes like six to like 10, depending on what I'm shooting, because I want detail. And now I'm, I'm merging them together. So whereas like my camera that shoots, um, I think it's 40 or it's almost 50 uh, megapixels. I'm taking those six to 10 frames that are all 50 megapixels and combining them together. And I need a computer to do that because it's no longer a 50 megapixel image. It's now a hundred plus megapixel image. And it needs to, I need to be able, not only am I editing one still now, whenever I do my final edit, I'm now editing all these individual photos that have been merged together that my computer's very upset about because it, it, it can do it, but it doesn't want to do it. It's like, dog, you're asking me to do a lot here. I'm like, I am, but please <laughs> just do it. Yeah. So you start, you know, and, and then, you know, some people do sports photography. I mean, the, the first camera or that camera that I bought, the 7D Mark II, it had a higher frame rate than, than the 5D Mark III, although it was a lesser camera. I, I technically could shoot better uh, or, or capture better stills on that camera. Um, and then whereas like the camera I have now, that's the EOS R5, like I, I, it's more versatile. I mean, it, it shoots, I mean, it shoots both video and, and stills and like, it's it's one of those like I, you buy the camera that you need, and and one of the, and what I tell people the most who who do want to dive into this, I'm okay. Like, what do you want to shoot? Do you want to do portraits? Do you want to do you know? Uh, do you want to do birds or nature? Excuse me. Do you want to do you know, landscapes? What do you want to do? And if you don't know, cool. Use what you have for now. I'll figure it out. And once you do know what you do, then I I can give you a better answer on what you should buy, in my opinion. Um, and and it's being able to just figure that out because I mean, again, like. There's cameras that not every camera is built for just the same thing. There's cameras that are specialized for certain things. One of my favorites is astrophotography. Well, Canon had a, an astro camera essentially. It was a it was a camera with a UV filter on it that like you could shoot regular images on this on this camera if you wanted, but it's not meant for that. It's meant for you to point at the sky and try to capture you know Milky Way and other galaxies. And that camera, what it's like, I think, like, don't quote me, please, because I, I, I honestly don't remember. I think it was like 4,000. It could have been more, it could have been less. Ooh, but yeah. it's like, it's insane because if you're an astrophotographer, this is the camera that you want. This is what yeah. your, your peers are using. So it's like, oh, it's like, that's where it gets expensive. Yeah. And there's a there's a bunch of different, like, comparisons, right? Like, it'd be... Yeah like um a guitarist like using yeah. like a certain type of guitar for a certain type of genre like yeah, it's absolutely. just there are the like i guess the essentials for what you need depending on what kind of genre you you end mm -hmm. up going into hot yeah, damn absolutely. man i had yeah. no idea like it was that complex like you you literally mm -hmm. took me and everyone listening into the world of photography um just because we're getting ready to hit the hour and a half mark. Um, I have yeah. a confession, man. I have a okay. confession. Um, you have led me um, to finding a lot of really, really great bands. Mm -hmm. um, I don't use the, the like the the social aspect of, of Spotify, the community aspect of, of Spotify <laughs> too frequently. Yeah. 
Um, but I every now and then I will use like the desktop version or the tablet version of Spotify to where like I can actually see like uh, what different people are listening to. And yeah. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. The band is called the Lemon Twigs. Is that what they're called? Ooh. What are they called? Lemon There's a band twigs, uh, that you listen is, to. Is, is, it, is it Butter Tones? No, not the butter tones, because I, I know oh, that you've talked about them, but there's there's a band yeah. called like the are they called the lemon twigs or something like that? Oh, uh, is it man, it almost sounds like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I no, just... I swear to god, they're called the lemon twigs. In <laughs> fact, I have them pulled up right now. You were listening to a band. Uh, and I swear to God, they're called the Lemon Twigs. In fact, the Lemon, the lemon Twigs. You, you're exactly right. Uh. I know I'm right. I know I'm right because that name that name stuck out to me. Right. So I'm like, well, Carlos is listening to the Lemon Twigs. Like, let me yeah. let me check out what he's listening to. And dude, this has become a habit of mine. Is me looking at what you're listening to now? I don't do this on a daily yeah. basis. I don't do this on That's a fair. weekly basis. But when I am using the desktop version of Spotify to where I can see what my followers or who I'm following and you know, what they're listening to yeah. make a habit to look at what you're listening to. And I've checked out your, your playlist as well. And you have led me down uh, the rabbit hole of some amazing bands. <laughs> I think you are the person who introduced me to, and you got to tell me if you don't listen to these bands, man, but uh, beach fossils. Yeah, absolutely. You That's introduced me yeah. to Beach Fossils, which led me to Surf Curse. Oh, um, yeah. Hell yeah. And just like a bunch of different bands that like I just absolutely love. So I have that to thank you for um, to kind of like play us out. Right. Like what are some like who are you currently listening to right now? Oh, right now I can tell you. Dude. So Being Dead, Being Dead is their, their duo from Austin. Okay. They're absolutely fantastic. They don't. Their their Spotify library isn't much. I think they only have one EP, which and then like separate singles, which are all from the same EP. Uh-huh. Um, but Being Dead is like one of like by far one of my favorite uh, artists that I've like. I, I I caught them during South by during this last South by. I was there and I had a friend who who works. Uh, well, funny enough, she actually crafted my my palette of music that I listen to now. Oh, I mean. Yeah literally listens to like some of the weirdest shit i've ever heard in my life like and it was because of like after like like you know being like uh curated through that i figured out like oh yeah this is great yeah um so again being dead uh, uh they were i mean they, i saw them like three times i think in the span of, of the 20 days i was there yeah and my god i just love them like i really do um yeah. definitely check out um as far as i think anything else like it's a weird like I think it's important to dive down rabbit holes. Yes. Um, I, I think that it, we, 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 and I'm, I, myself included, I, I click shuffle on my library like every day. Yeah. Every day. Like, I'll, like, you know, I like, cool, let's go shuffle. And then it, it's whenever I go into radios that I start finding like other stuff. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this is pretty fucking cool. Yes. Man. Um, yes. If I lived in Austin I, or, or anywhere that's a huge, like, you know, live stream, I, I, I promise you I'd be listening to other smaller bands. But yeah, right now, Being Dead is definitely definitely it and also like thank you for looking because i i swear to god like i only keep my like social on because i'm hoping that least, <laughs> i'm hoping at least one person is like yes the man are they listening to yes um, Be- and so, i, I, I yeah. jumped on the on the indie music scene like way 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 late because i mean all throughout high school yeah. i was into like hardcore and like metal and like all yeah. those like sub genres and everything and yeah. uh 
I don't know, like college came and I was just like, I'm tired of listening to like super like aggressive music all the aggressive. time. Like, <laughs> yeah, like hyper aggressive music. Like, you know, some days I want to listen to, you know, Mac DeMarco, yeah. like other days. Yeah, I wanna, dude, I'm a huge Phoebe Bridgers fan. And I don't know oh, if yeah. that makes okay, me yeah. like basic, but no. like, God damn. Like, yeah, I, I just wow. I, I, I I attribute them, them, them so I, I majorly listen to uh, psychedelic rock, uh, surf rock, uh, just garage rock. Like, yeah, rock tends like, to be in there, but it's, it's literally the the softest version of rock that you could definitely like. You, yeah. It's hard to call it rock because it's like you, you know, people who listen to you know stuff like you, uh, it's like that's not rock. I was like, no, but it is. Um, yeah. And so, so, something that I do enjoy is just listen. I'm, I'm like, I'm a little over um, arena rock. Like, um, I, I love the Blackies. Blackies are one of my the first artists that I really dove into at high school. Um, but I still listen to now. But I, I try not to listen to shit like that anymore. I, I just want to find mellow just just stuff that just sounds good and, and i attribute that to like maybe the, the calm demeanor stuff we've talked about I, I, oh yeah man full I, circle I just, moment full circle moment full circle it's just literally like you just you you live I, I learned a long time ago to just live a life of like just easiness and just like if it doesn't truly affect you directly then what good does it do you to just stress about things or to just worry about things like if it's not directly in front of you and it is nothing to do with you then who cares just just do what you do so I, I, when I was working out, which I need to get back on, um, I, I found that it was hard for me to find music to work out to because the majority uh-huh. of my library was just calm and mellow. So I remember yeah. I was like, like running and I think like, <laughs> so, I, I, I get yeah. some like fall down misty and, and I'm like, now I'm just sad and running. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't working for me. You're just and reflective, so like, uh, like, yeah. And even though like, like I don't listen to much, uh, rap, rap is the one genre that I don't, I won't, I don't have a huge, uh, a huge knowledge base on it. That being said, there are certain rap uh, albums that I do listen to, and, and, and artists that are like, it, it's none of the murder rap. It's 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 stuff. It's simple stuff. It's like Travis Scott and Kanye, okay. like um, before the rodeo is one of my favorite rap albums. I mean, oh, Good Kid, Mad nice. City is an easy one. I mean, yeah. basically the majority of Kendrick stuff is is where like like just the the albums that 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 tell you a story like yes. that to me is the artistic like. I'm rapping and, and I don't even listen to rap, but I love this. Like uh, uh, even even Life of Pablo, which, which is yeah. depending on who you ask, is good or not. Like the first cut, I I still love. I mean, like it's it's one of those that like I I still have the first cut. Like I have to upload it to my Apple Music to listen to it because it's not it, he's changed it, which is fair. It's his stuff, but like yeah. I, it's it's just stuff like that, man. It's like just being able to like find like mellowness, and then also like. For me, I think one of my favorite albums, if not like songs to listen to, are the songs that like make me feel trippy without doing drugs. Yeah. Like, um, and, and it was one, I think one of the first albums I even told you to check out. It was King Gizzard and Lizard Waiters, um, yes. their collab with Mile High Club. Yeah. Um, that, that album is just absolute trippy and fire. It's like, like straight it, up elevator music but it, like, which 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 is funny because i think it was reviewed as such i think one of the one of the reviewers said this is elevator music this is terrible and then the next yeah. review was like this is great elevator, elevator music oh, it's like, fantastic like yeah so it, it, yeah 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 it, it, it's it's so like yeah when it comes to like music like my my it it derives from like my fondness and loveliness towards like it, it, it's easy and probably like almost basic but i mean i love the beach boys i love talking heads I love basically like anything that was just, it just sounds weird. I, I just, yeah. I grab, I naturally just love. And, and one of those things that I fight with a lot, especially with people is like, we'll say Beach Boys and, and like, it's an easy like, oh, so like the surfing stuff? I'm like, don't you fucking dare. All right, there's way more to the boys. Than the surfing stuff got them the on boys. the radio. 
Yeah. I was <laughs> the surfing stuff in the cars got them on the radio. And then once Brian Wilson had room to breathe, he came up with pet sounds. And like yeah. it's one pet sounds is one of those that like it's it's an easy one and just like say that you love and I do, but uh there's a, a, a playlist that, uh, again, uh, my friend got me into all of this, Victoria, her friend um, Alejandro, he made a, a basically his own mix of like, like backtracks and deep cuts uh, from uh, their some of them. And like, it's one of my favorite also, like the Beach Boys have been on my top three Spotify like recaps for the last like, okay. I want to say three to four years now, because okay. I consistently listen to this one playlist because it's just so fire. Like, yeah, dude. It, it it's it's I don't know so being able to like kind of like fall in love with all those things and like you start like hearing all what, what was you know what, what they walk so everyone else could run to like listening to the music now it's just yeah it, it's anything that's trippy anything that's vibey and, and I mean with reason it's too trippy I'm like hey, this is too trippy I'm not doing this but if it's like oh okay yeah like you're just you you feel like you're on a journey like audibly I'm like yeah this is it like let's do it so hell yeah dude well so hey I think. That's a good note to end it on, man. We yeah, have, well, one, we've caught up and I'm really, really glad. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's through Zoom and it's like, it's not ideal. Like we're definitely going to have to grab lunch or grab dinner or something soon. Yeah. Uh, and dude, I hope you'll be back on the podcasts. Uh, you've been oh, a fantastic, fantastic guest. Uh, I, I mean, if if anything, just to just to shoot the shit, is there anything um, you want to leave the listeners w- with anything you want to plug yeah. before we call it? Still working on my book, still working on my album. Um, I, I can't talk too much about those. Two. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> uh, leave listeners. Hey, man, just uh, just keep doing you. I, I, look, it, it's always going to suck before it gets better. I'm a firm believer in that. So if it's sucking right now, I, I promise you there's going to be a diamond at the end of that hole. So uh, oh, just keep doing you. Just uh, just hey, take take it. You know, we all put on our pants one leg at a time. Just you know, remember that. And uh, uh just uh you know yeah just 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 keep doing it you know go to a coffee shop uh ask them ask the barista what they like to drink they might lie to you and tell you something to get you out of there which is fair um but uh you know just ask them for that recommendation um you know don't don't be afraid to edit your photos i don't know filters a thing but it's not so just edit your photos it's cool um shoot what else eat your vegetables uh fiber is important as you get older i'm not that old but fiber is very important um people yeah zinc i'll get there i'm close uh i know i am we're out there (laughs) um yeah tip your people leave a tip if you can um you know and uh take those surveys take the surveys you know whenever like hey you know can you take the survey? Just, just do it. I promise you that 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 survey is going to do them a lot better than you telling them how to get it. Oh Jesus! You know I'm going to include like all of these, right? Like I'm not just yeah, absolutely. Like, no, 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 one yeah, of them. yeah. Like this is. I hope <laughs> you know. Just uh, you know, uh, uh, if you're in a grocery store and you don't want something, just if you can take it back, put it back where it belongs. You know, don't. I'm tired of seeing decisions made in the freezer like today i was at each i saw a watermelon a, a whole ass watermelon in a freezer i'm like you couldn't have just taken the 20 feet and putting it in the back of the bin like Jesus. Uh, now i'm getting heated anyways that being said um yeah dude just 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 be good you know do you um sometimes people don't use blinkers it's okay you know what do you do about it just react you know drive defensively you'll be okay wear your seat though <laughs> And um and I'm gonna stop you there. This has been the local label podcast. My name is Christopher Collins. Thanks for having me. And this has been Carlos Teo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.